Podcast like a motherfucker. Welcome to Amatine Podcast, episode 65, part a million. <laughs> uh, we are back to talk about the Smith F Invitational. We've been playing this now for four rounds? Like, w- way too long, I feel like. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, this is the fourth round, so almost through. Yeah, so we're almost there. And um, yeah, so it's uh, me and Casimir the Swede once more. So we have had our fourth round game, but first we're just going to quickly mention our sponsor. Weird Farm Miniatures, the best place for 3D printed miniatures. Weird Farm prints at the highest resolution with the best quality resin. This means that the miniatures look great and are more flexible than regular 3D printed miniatures. Weird Farm are a print shop based in Denmark and are part of the Night Age community. They offer great service at a good price. Weird Farm Miniatures, for all your 3D printing needs. Made by Knife Agers, for Knife Agers. You can find Weird Farm at weird-farm.dk So, Casmir, you had a quick look at some of the miniatures that um, that they sent us, uh, at least on the video. So Yeah, exactly, because you, you received the, the first uh, package and uh, had a little, you recorded a little like walkthrough or unboxing of what, uh, yeah, what you got yeah, and I compared mean, them to the, some other recent prints. I did do like a, like a video on all of the models that we got, but it ended up being like a half an hour video, so I just kind of cut it down to just some of them. But you can find that on yeah. the Amatine Podcast YouTube page if you, if you want to check that out. So what, what was your first impression based on the video? I mean, I was actually like very, like very impressed. I have to say because normally three D prints, like you don't, you know, you expect the molds to be quite cool, but maybe the, the the like actual detail to not be rendered that well. But I thought it was it was like really, really smooth. It really looked like very high quality. I have to say, from what I could see on the yeah, video. like that's also what I thought. I was really impressed. Like the first one I got out, I was like, wow, this looks really yeah. good. Like it looks like. You know when you buy like a press molded something from like a company who make resin miniatures? Yeah, exactly. It was like that, but um, probably better quality in some way. It was like much smoother, much cleaner. Like you could not, you couldn't see any kind yeah, of no like bubbles, lay- layers. Like there was no bubbles. Um, like yeah, the like that's something that occurs almost always on three D prints. Otherwise, it's those like little. I, yeah, I mean, like you could see see the layers of the. I think it's like what's it called, like the print plate rising up, so it creates this kind of almost zigzag thing across yeah, the uh, exactly. surfaces. And and I mean, there was a few bits of slag where the supports were, but he'd like cleaned off most of them. And yeah, but I mean, I don't mind that stuff. Like, like if it comes off, then that's fine. The problem is that if there's like things that you can't fix, you know, like if if this this the this pattern of the 3D print is too visible, then it's, it's just there. You can't do anything about it. Yeah, and so it was really sharp. And also, like, the type of resin that he uses. Like, I've not really... I've Alex has had a few different types of resin, and I've also had a few different types of resin from other companies. And this resin was, like, completely different. It was, like, really, really nice quality resin. It's like, I'm very clumsy, and I drop shit all the time. <laughs> and as soon as you drop something that's usually well in the past that's been 3d printed it's like shattered into a million pieces yeah. but this is like 
regular plastic almost like it just bounces it's very flexible yeah. so when you're clean when you're cleaning it like you don't need to worry about cleaning it because it just like cuts off and like breaks off like almost like regular resin or plastic like it doesn't shatter so that's really really good yeah. for in my books that's uh yeah, that's fantastic. I've heard that that, that can maybe also has to do with like how they cure it and like how long do you expose it to UV light and stuff like that might might influence how how you how it ends up like how bristle it is and things like that. Yeah, I, I think so. But it it seems like it has like a really professional setup because I saw that he'd made um like a fa- like not a Facebook thing uh on the forum he's made like a thread for Weird Farm miniatures. Um, you can go and find them on the company support page, and he'd posted some pictures of a miniature he'd printed for a customer. It was like a giant spider miniature, I assume. And it looked amazing, but he did it in like a light box so you could see all the different angles. So I think he's got like a pretty professional setup over there. So it could also nice. be something to do with the way he cures it as well. But yeah, really, really impressed with Weird Farm miniatures. And you can find them weird-farm.dk. So Casimir... Game four, yeah. Smith F Invitational. Game four, do you want How me to start? How did it go? So, uh, I'm uh, definitely going to read you my story before I tell you uh, the results, even though I might have texted you it already. But um, uh, first, I guess, first of all, what, what uh, the lists and stuff? Or, yeah, who did you so, play against? So, I played against uh, the Australian guy. Uh, let's see, Young Seward, I think. So, yeah, that's his name. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he's the guy that uh, Matt uh, played w- through like a text message or whatever. Like they had like a post game or so, like yeah. game by post or something like that. So but, did he? Uh, did he choose the B sideboard like we said he would? Yeah, of course he did. He did. So he's playing Beast Herds. Uh, as soon as A, he has. I'll I'll go through it very briefly. Like um, a suicide general uh, on a vacation with. Some shit. Uh, a centaur guy uh, who's uh, BSB of Greater Totem with destinies called Power Weapons and Rangers Boosts Boots, so he's really fast. Uh, Thirty Wild Herd with Power Weapons, uh, Banner Wild Herd, Full Command, Totem Bear. Fifteen Ambushing uh, Throwing Weapon Wild Herds. Uh, six Racer Tusks. Uh, one Racer Tusk. Uh, Ten Long Herds. Uh, ambushing with Halberd. Five Gargoyles and two Giants with Trees. And then he added to that another Soothsayer with Shamanism and Ancestral Carvings again. Uh, three Raiding Chariots, two Jabberwockies, uh, two Briar Beasts, and five Feral Hounds. So uh, on paper, uh, this was terrifying because uh, <laughs> <laughs> he could pick the, the horrifically powerful uh, Beast Herd's Hereditary spell, uh, <laughs> which gives minus two discipline against Vermin Swarm, which is really really scary also the fact that he can like make things start causing terror that already causes fear which is, is pretty rough and then the minus uh, discipline aura from the jabwalkies as well is uh, <laughs> is uh, is not looking great um, <laughs> so, how, how then, did, so how did it go what was the what was the scenario it was king of the hill yeah king of the hill uh and then i guess just random maps and deployment and stuff like that yeah. uh and we uh, so we played diagonal deployments, uh, and we actually played on one of the special maps. Like we just d d sixteen, and we played on the farm, you know, the one which has like a house. It's kind of made to play diagonally, but it has like three fields around the house with lots of walls. And shit. I think I played this one as well. Yeah, it's it's a quite an interesting map. As long as you don't face shamanism on it, then it's just terrible because you can end up taking you know fifteen million. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, the dangerous strain tests. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> 
but yeah, yeah, I obviously took my shooting sideboard with the Gisales and uh, Ignifier Grenadiers and stuff like that. Cool. So I will start reading. <laughs> uh, Gorgus's newly reinforced legions marched down the valley. A mountainside stretched out to their left, and a great lake shimmered in the sunlight to their right. It had been difficult to reinforce uh, his legions after his last few setbacks, but the absolutely crushing defeat of the dwarven throng at Omar Karak and the subsequent sacking of its hold had provided much-needed capital to hire new underlings. Uh, ahead of his legion lay a small farmsteading. Perfect. Some fresh meat for the fetish brutes to gorge themselves on. But what was this? In the field around the farmhouse, strange shapes rutted in the ground. High-pitched squeals could be heard rising up from the ruckus. Beast herds. These disgusting animals were defiling Gorgas's spoils. Time to wipe them out. Presently, the beast noticed his approach. They shambled in a disorganized mass to the edge of the fields. Uh, Out of the ruins on the mountainside marched two giants, and far above in the sky, an ominous presence hovered, dampening the sunlight around it. <laughs> Gorgas felt himself falter. What was that? Better not find out. With a screech of his own, he sent his sharpshooters and weapon teams together with Legio Devas to his left flank to obliterate any monsters there. The Fetis and Marmilla brutes lumbered towards the lake on the right. They would wade through the treacherous waters as if it was nothing. And in the center, his latest herald, Pipsqueak III, rode on a great contraption surmounted by a great bell in the midst of Legio Mira. Seizing the initiative, Gorgas ordered his Bruce to wade into the shallows of the water, threatening a group of ramshackle chariots and a pack of feral pigs that had come around the side of the farmhouse. On the right, his extermination globadiers slipped through the mountain slopes and descended on the giants emerging from the ruins, lobbing flaming brands that scorched their skin. Ah, <laughs> uh, Gorgas would set them all ablaze. He commanded his weapon teams to burn all the beast herds in the fields before them. The mad engineers advance, cackling with glee that spewed torrents of liquid flame over the wild herd that reigned before them, decimating their number in a single volley. A hulking roar sounded as the foremost giants charged the weapon teams in the middle of their volley, squashing them on, on, to paste underfoot. Blasted nuisance. Let it drown in a tide of bodies. With an irresistible command, Gorgus ordered his first pack of slaves to countercharge the advancing giants. Terrified as the slaves were, they knew the punishment of disobedience and sprinted forward. As the ranks hit the giant, Pipsqueak's bell rang and the giant faltered. Stepping back, the giant, the slaves surged forward and up onto the giants. Bellowing in terror, the giant was subsumed beneath a tide of famished teeth and claws, scouring the flesh from its bone. Behind the giant descended two grotesquely mutated shapes from the sky. In a shrill cry, Gorgas directed all paws to fire on this new threat. These beasts were something altogether different. They could not be allowed to come close to his lines. From the gr uh, ground emerged uh, his shadow stalkers on both flanks. Leveling, leveling their pistols at the flapping monstrosities, they shot several holes in their hides, spraying corrosive ichor into the air. The sharpshooters uh, took aim as well, and with a supercharged volley, the first beast was blasted out of the air. The Globadier stalking the second giant continued to lob missiles at it, practically setting its entire giant bulk completely alight. Good. Everything was going to plan. Soon, the Gorgus would move on to some more worthy foe than these mindless beasts. 
Just then, a cacophony, cacophony of squealing erupted on the right flank as a pack of wild pigs charged through the water into the Murmillo Brutes. On the right, the burning giant lurched forward, reaching all the way to the sharpshooters. As Gorgos watched in complete disbelief, both of these terribly expensive regiments were ripped to shreds in front of him. Well, no matter. They had done their job. Time for his hordes to finish this once and for all. All legions forward. Pipsqueak the third cackled as he urged his despairs to push him faster to the enemy. However, as the giant pulverized the last of the sharpshooters underfoot and used their mutilated corpses to douse the last flames spouting from his flesh, he stopped and looked around. Although mortally wounded, this was no simple brute. With a roar, he came sprinting down the small hill towards the flank of Legio Mira and Pipsqueak. Gorgas smiled. The giant would soon be dead, stuck full of sharp blades. But as Pipsqueak the third looked around, he squeaked in terror. So great was his agitation that the entirety of Legio Mira turned to, uh, to see the giant hurtling towards them. With increasing disorganization, they picked up speed towards the enemy lines. Just as they were getting close, to, uh, close, a pack of harpies rose up from the fields, diving towards Pipsqueak and his fleeing legion. Legio Mira was now in complete disarray. Trying to change direction, they toppled Pipsqueak's platform and crushed him in the press of bodies and small feet. The harpies descended on Legio Mira, scattering them to the four winds. On the right, the ravenous pigs had shooed their way through the Milvilla brutes and now turned their bulging eyes on the fetish brutes. Without any eagle standard to guide them, the brutes whimpered in terror as a dark magical aura coalesced around the pigs. <laughs> and as the first pig flared its nostrils and started to charge with a wild squeal, the vast horde of fetish brutes turned and ran. How? What? Gorgus stood and stared in utter disbelief. How could things have gone so wrong so quickly? He saw the pigs catch up with the terrified fetish brutes one by one. He had no army left. There were only two packs of slaves glancing furtively from side to side in the center. It was time to go. Heading towards the safety of a low hill, he compelled the slaves to charge. Save your master. Delay, delay. He must. He need only to get away. The beast herds advanced, and from their midst rode a fearsome-looking centaur. Great was his stature, and his bare chest glistened in the sun. Spuggy, However... Spuggy. His presence was somehow somewhat tarnished by the small winged sandals that he wore on each hoof. What were those, Gorgus wondered, as he st started to round the edge of the hill. As the center hero bellowed a mighty challenge, Gorgus understood. The wings of the sandals blazed with magical energy, and the center moved with supernatural speed, reaching Gorgus before he could get away. No, filthy animal, stay away. Gorgus swung his halberd, but the centaur was too fast, starting back and forth, jabbing his weapon into Gorgus's side. Gorgus lost focus on anything else in the world. He had to defend himself. He held the most important thing in the world. He would not fall to some feral beast. They traded blows. Gorgus struck the centaur across the back, but some magical fields seemed to protect the beast from harm. As he weaved and turned, Gorgus got slower and slower. He felt his life flood draining from him. A blow caught his shoulder, and a second knocked his halberd out of his hand. As he sank to his knees, the last thing he saw was a great rusted blade descending towards his neck. Fade black. Nice. So, uh, Didn't sound like 91. it went very well. No, I lost 91, and Gorgas is dead. Oh no. He was finally killed. He couldn't run away this time. Was it the first time? Yeah, it's his first time he died. Aw, poor Gorgas. Uh, uh, it was it was a, it was a lot of fun. It was a really fun game, but 
Yeah, I mean the discipline mechanics, dude. It's just it's it's so so unforgiving if you just fail a test. So I well, didn't quite understand what happened with the harpies and the the legionaries. So, so what happened was that the giant uh, like charged uh, one of my units and, and it remained on one wound so then he turned and charged my bell units causing a terror check so it was a discipline six minimized reroll terror check which i failed but because he was kind of behind my lines that meant that my unit now is running towards the beast herds so <laughs> then he just read like you know charged it with some harpies and directed it in a slightly different re- direction and caught it with the harpies like five harpies yeah. and killed my, you know, my, my eagle standard in the center, and then he had cast the hereditary on his pigs on the flank, so they charged the fetish brutes, who are now testing on a discipline 6, uh. with no reroll and no minimized, so I fail, and they catch them as well, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I have no combat units left. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm losing now, because I failed one discipline test. Yeah, what, what, was it a 6 with a reroll, or 6 with minimized, or both? 6 minimized reroll that I failed. Oh. So it's like a... 90% to pass or something. So but but the like the point is that when you fail them, you don't like just lose a unit, you lose the game. Like that's the that's the problem. Yeah. It's not not ideal, is it? I, yeah, I don't really I, just, I don't I know what the answer is, is to like, like there, fix them. I don't know either, but I feel like there needs to be just a little bit more somehow like like the the units need to be less susceptible to to fleeing ones like if they don't have an eagle standards or something like that like it's just so like all or nothing like if you pass those discipline tests then suddenly your your discipline is amazing everywhere maybe maybe like the i don't think it's like the discipline i think it's more like the panic tests right which is a problem Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not really the combat it's more the panics yeah, exactly. Because you don't like lose. It's seldom that you lose combat. It's more like if somebody, if you face somebody who just forces you to take a lot of panic tests, like it's a ninety percent pass rate, which means that if he forces you to take ten tests in a game, you know, for different ways, like yeah. you, you statistically will. will can't one, can't like, you take like banner of discipline? Uh, you need to have a BSB uh, or a general in the unit uh, for it to be automatic, and uh, and there's no BSB in the army. Ah, okay. So I was thinking that as well, but like if I if I take my uh, like a non dictator general, then yeah, definitely. Then I w- I take it on the general's units, but that's just a bunker or something. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm finding it kind of like it's just so like it's so kind of disheartening when you, when it happens because it it happens like relatively often to me. I think <laughs> maybe it's just that I'm it's, playing it's those, dice, you know. It's those pink dice that you've got, dude. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're a bit too hot, but you know, it's just like kind of like I don't think it's like underpowered because if you don't fail, then it's it's a fine army. It's just that when you fail, you get like so punished by just like one random roll, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see. I haven't yeah, actually played against the new vermin yet. Should we should probably get a game at some point soon? Yeah, definitely, definitely. We can, yeah. I'm kind of like uh, we'll see what they do in the next update, but uh, I'm de- I'm definitely still gonna give it a go in the next update. But I'm currently I'm a bit like uh, I like I I'd, I'd, I'd rather play something else, you know. Yeah, I mean, just interestingly, like we thought that Kieran would do quite well at tech, but he didn't come that high, or at least as high as we predicted, and that's maybe to do with that he's not been playing much, or it could be to do with that the vermin army is just not that strong. Yeah, but I also think it's like it's the fact that like just unreliable. So yeah, because it's so unreliable, it's like 
over the course of five games, you're, you're going to have one of these incidents, like in this game, happen. I think that's the problem. So if you're playing, if you want to win a five, like a five-game tournament, you need to win five games, right? But that's like, you're taking a lot of discipline tests in five games, I would say. Yeah, I think uh, even, I mean, if I'm honest, like, even with my elves, like, the times that I do fail those discipline tests, it just fucks me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it it is it is like that's definitely an effect for all armies, but and it, and it does happen occasionally. Like you feel a nine with a reroll, or yeah, definitely, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, but I mean, you can definitely mitigate it in list design. Like if you take, I think the strongest vermin lists right now is you take those stupid unbreakable, uh, like uh, display. You know, the guys who are unbreakable when they're steadfast. For example, yeah. you just like minimize the amount of panics you have to take, and you take no small units because they cause panics and stuff like that. Yeah, but that, that, it, it, yeah, that's just a shit way of playing, though, isn't it? It's just yeah, not... exactly. It, like it, it, it works pretty okay, but it's really boring because you don't get to really you know do much. You just kind of push your big blocks at people, and then either they can get out of the way or they can't. You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's look, we'll see what happens with the new update. I guess. Yeah. So yeah, my game, I was playing against uh, Math CD. He is yes. a Swiss podcaster or YouTuber, let's say. I think he's saying he does battle reports. Um, does he do them in English? Or he does them he like both in German? English and in French. Oh, wow. So he's got two channels. That's a, that's a lot of work. So I was playing against the Infernal Dwarves. And this is the first time I've played against the Infernal Dwarves uh, in the new version. Um, and I will go through the list, and as we go through, I'll tell you what was the most broken things. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a prophet on a bull, uh, adept on occultism, blah blah blah. He had a a BSB on a seat of authority with a binding scroll. Uh, twenty four infant warriors with blunderbuss. Uh, legion standard musician, blah blah blah. Blunderbusses were like pretty good. Not gonna lie, like yeah, March nine. Shoot, no penalties, pretty good. Yeah, march and shoot with no penalty, that's fucking yeah. rough. It was more the fact that he had a, a bastion, but let's yeah. it, we'll get there. Vasilevis, Bose, Musician, blah, 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 Relentless Company, Kidim Incarnates, Torque Anointed, Paired Weapons, Musician, they were quite good. Infernal Bastion, <laughs> that, <laughs> just a, yeah, it's that, the most broken shit. <laughs> yeah, that, that was stupid, as we will get on with. Um, yeah. Kidim Titan... I don't think it's worth 495 points, but it was quite good. Um, and then he obviously went with the Pew Pew uh, list, which was an engine, which was quite broken, an artillery nafta throw, which was quite broken, um, Toric anointed again, and then Silo Guard paired weapons and a Vassal Conjurer with Adept, Adept on Pyromancy for 195, on Pyromancy. 195 points. <laughs> and that was the only thing I killed. <laughs> <laughs> you killed you killed uh, an adept. Yeah. Or a, wow. Was, was it chaff as well? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, well, he wow. put it. He put it out of the unit, and I saw him insected him. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> he didn't even get to kill it in combat. Yeah. So, Fantastic. uh, it we played counter thrust and king of the hill, and uh, the first mistake I made was that um. Uh, he won the roll for sides and I could deploy first and I forgot it was counter thrust and let him deploy first. So okay. clearly was not really paying attention this game. I think I don't know what yeah. I was doing, but I was just not I was not in ninth age mode. Um <laughs> I'd I'd trying to make excuses, but yeah. I, I that was the first mistake I made. Um 
I basically like kind of cornered around a building, which is never a good idea. Uh, but that yeah, was like especially not when you're playing in a, a mobile army. Yeah, but it was because this farmhouse thing, and we're playing King of the Hill, and both the objectives were like either side of the building. So I kind of oh, okay. he had like he had like such a good like deployment zone. I couldn't really like there wasn't much I could do to be honest. Um, okay. Just the way that the King of the Hills was set up, I could have chosen like a different one. My initial plan was to push one side of the building, but then I was like. I could be more aggressive and just push the other side and that seemed like a better idea at the time but that was because I thought he was going to deploy first and yeah it was it was, I, made, I made a mess of it basically yeah. <laughs> so that was that was the first thing and then so he got the first turn and yeah because he just dropped I guess after the first three. yeah he dropped after the first three and I deployed everything that he couldn't really shoot me in the first turn um, but what I did, you know, like on, we were playing on Warhol, and you know you have like the characters and champions have like a white square around them. Yeah. So I looked at it and I I saw this like white square character in the middle of this unit, and I was like, oh, that's his adept. So I measured from that guy to my huntsman, twenty four inches. And I was like, okay, yeah. he he. He can't shoot my huntsman with power with pyro. Uh-huh. So like I did that like intentionally did that so it would be out of range. Okay. And, and then um and then he like he he moved and whatever and then he's like, Okay, I'm gonna do we it was like the second spell of the magic phase and he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna do uh pyroclastic flow and huntsman. I'm like uh I, I was like, What where what what? Where whereabouts is it where's the adept? <laughs> And he was like, oh, it's in this, this unit. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was looking at your... So wait, it was like in a completely different unit? Yeah, I, I just, I just oh, didn't... Because no. we weren't playing... Because I didn't have pro. I wasn't like checking really. Yeah, I just saw like a, yeah, a guy with white and, a th- and it was like a champion in another unit. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's kind of... Di- when you don't have like the advanced models and stuff, like it's kind of difficult to see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, so that was... Oh. I could have just asked him, but I was, I was being like... I was being lazy and I wasn't checking things and... Yeah. yeah, so it's my own fault, but it, yeah, so they took ten hits and seven wounds and five died, <laughs> and in the first turn I was like, oh, oh no, oh no, and yeah, then it's not gonna uh, go better from here. and I also like he put me under a lot of pressure just because of my shit deployment in the first turn, and I was like, this is a bad matchup for me anyway, so I'm gonna have to make him make a mistake, so. I basically was really aggressive on one side with like the Heath Hunters and the Kestrel Knights, just to for, just to get into short range for shooting, and and to uh, just try and force something to happen, just to try and kill a yeah. unit on one side. So I thought that the Kadim Incarnates because they're Res Four, they'd be like the easiest target for the shooting. So I focused like my two yeah. Hunter units on them to try and like whittle them down. And the first two turns, I think I killed one or two, like maybe did a wound from something else. And, and because they just have a five plus? Or yeah, five plus, five plus. Ah, oh, okay. So it's like a six plus, it's five plus. So they're kind of squishy, but I wasn't really rolling very well for the shooting. Everything was missing. <laughs> and and I, I gave him a lot, I gave, because I've been aggressive, I gave him a lot of charges. And yeah. with the intention that, okay, all my stuff can flee a rally because it's feigned flight. So, one of my units fled 12 inches and fled off the board. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think like anything less than, anything less than twelve, it would have been fine. Oh no! Oh, um, one of the units spread like two inches and got caught, or four inches and got caught, something like that. So in the in the in his second turn, I lost. I lost the Kestrels, which were like my counter charge unit, and a, and a unit of Heath Hunters on one side. I'd lost yeah. half a unit of Huntsmen, and <laughs> and uh, I think I think also the I'd also d- just been a bit stupid and allowed him to be in range for the Nafta Thrower against the Treekin, so he killed a Treekin as well. He was, he was rolling really well for the for the yeah, shooting, yeah. and I was rolling really shit for my like saves and stuff. And um, my plan was, okay, I want to charge the Dryads into the train because I've got lethal strike. Choo-choo. Yeah. And get, like, some sort of reroll to wound spell off because I had the reroll ones if I'm in a forest. So yeah. I can I could get that spell off. And I could give them plus one strength, plus one AP. Um, I could give, like, because I, I had the shamanism as well. Yeah, so I had, a, I had a, few, a few things to kind of help me with that. So I thought that would be a good matchup. Um, I failed a seven charge on turn two or three against the train, which just put me in a shit position. And then the train could yeah. just like walk up and like flame them. Um, he didn't even like charge them. He just stood in front of them and shot. Yeah, because he has the flame yeah. cannon, right? Yeah. So the short story is that in my turn two, the huntsman failed a frenzy test and <laughs> and charged the bastion. <laughs> Which was which? Then he gets started suit with strength five and no penalty or some shit. Right? Yeah, basically. So, oh. but I think I was a bit lucky, and they went in with four guys and the and the elk lord, and I managed to kill half the unit in the first turn, maybe like fifteen wounds. But obviously, he's like steadfast. Yeah. Did you kill the bastion as well? Or no, I did all the all the attacks on the unit because the bastion's got like six hit points. I'm not going to kill it in oh, one okay. turn. Yeah. So. Um, I was like, no, nah, I'm just gonna kill the dwarves, and then if I have like two good rounds, then I can, I can kill them all, and then just break the bastion on combat res. Yeah. Um, but obviously he countercharged in the flank with the titan. Oh. Um, but it might. This is like the killy titan, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's not too bad. It's six attacks. Um. So it's hitting me on hit. My, it was against my prince, so it's hitting my prince on a four plus. It's wounding him on a three plus, and I've got a a four up ages. Okay. So, yeah, it's not too bad. So, in the following round of combat, I kill the prince killed like a load more, like five more, and he had like two dwarves left or something like that after I'd attack. So I he, yeah. like over two rounds, the the huntsman had traded with the the infernal warriors and got them down to two models, and the prince okay. the prince was there like with no wounds. And then he got then he got to attack, so the Kadim Titan. The metal shifting thing didn't do anything, um, uh, or it killed like the last guy in the unit. I think because maybe he has to do it on the unit. I can't remember, but it didn't do didn't do much. Didn't do anything to the yeah, prince. Yeah, it's like allocated as shooting attacks. Yeah, he he swung. He did one wound with his attacks, and I failed the Aegis, so I took a wound. Uh, and then he did the fucking. I didn't know that the bastion has a fucking battering ram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a crush attack. Yeah, oh, so no. he, he crush attacked the oh, prince no. and killed it. Oh, no. Squoosh. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, fuck. I just, like... I just hate... Okay, I, let me just whine a little bit. Because, like, that's such a fucking stupid rule. Like, how... How does a battering ram 
like like have a have a crush attack like it's just like a like this fucking big thing swinging back and forth and then the prince is standing in front of it like Ooh. yeah okay <laughs> yeah just hit me hit me with this thing sure yeah it's like it, but you can't hit anything with it because you can't aim like the whole point of a battery ram is that's a fixed direction you know <laughs> yeah and he's just gonna stand there and let him hit let you get hit right yeah, yeah it's, it's so stupid like it doesn't like what what annoys me about it it's not like oh it's just because it's too good or something like it's just it doesn't make sense like i can't visualize it do you, do you know have you seen robot wars uh you mean is this you mean the thing where they like the robots fight and stuff yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's, for me it's a bit like uh like the there was like a, a robot called shunt or something like that and it's just like an axe it just comes down like dunk, dunk. <laughs> like <laughs> It's, it's really stupid. It's really stupid, but... <laughs> I'm just imagining modeling a bastion like a Robot Wars robot with, like, a big axe on top of it on a, on a, on a stupid mechanical arm, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you have it, like, you know, you, you build it out of, I don't know what, like, some Lego shit so you can actually, like, press a button and it slowly goes down in front of it or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's like one of the robots that has, like, a crushing claw that, like, just slowly goes down and just eventually, like, smothers you yeah. and kills you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like so basically, his turn his turn three, the prince got killed by the crush attack, which was yeah. which was very sad, very yeah. very sad. But he did <laughs> kill a lot. Sad. He did kill a lot of dwarves in the process, yeah. which he which was very happy about. Got his blades bloody. Yeah. Good. And then so I was like, okay, well, I I kind of figured the Kadimim uh, Titan would be charging the prince, so I was like, well, uh, I'm gonna get my eagle king with the two up Aegis to. Uh, to kill to like counter charge the titan and then i'm just okay. going to stand there and grind it down yeah. because i got a two of pages save oh, yeah, and the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so so then what happened then uh yeah so that was like and then it was my turn and i like kind of i was like pretty i'm in a pretty shit position at this point he'd also like yeah. he'd also kind of like chaff me with the train in the drives in a way that if i charged him i would only get like two guys to fight so I was like ugh fuck's sake so that that yeah. didn't really want to do that so I was like okay I'm just going to stand on the objective and and if I die I die because at this point I've got nothing left yeah. <laughs> so I think Here he we stand. yeah like I'd had to with the final unit of Heath Hunters I'd had to like march through a ruin to avoid the Kadim incarnates that I couldn't kill and nice. <laughs> And I was like, you lost, so like, dudes. sorry. How many did you lose from that? Two out of ten. <laughs> okay. But cool. then he like magicked a few more, and I was down to like two guys left uh, after a bit more, <laughs> and, and so I was like, okay, I'm probably not gonna kill the uh, the kid, the the two Kidimikanes no. that are left now. So, <laughs> so that was like a waste of arrows and time yeah. and effort. So that 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 side went really badly. And I think they got killed eventually by a spell. I just had to let it go because otherwise something else was going to get killed. Yeah. And then the so the Eagle King charged in, did like one wound on the Titan, took nothing in return. Uh, it steadfast. It passed its test. Like Infernal Dwarf's discipline is fucking insane. Yeah, I mean it's it's like dwarf discipline, right? Everything has discipline nine, or does yeah, it or, and all the levies yeah. get discipline nine if they're within six inches of dwarves as yeah, well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, basically the army is blanket discipline nine all the time. Yeah, and I think the seat of authority. I want to say it gives like um, towering presence or something. Isn't, yeah, isn't it like a mini BSB or some shit or like I don't know. It has some kind of discipline help, right? 
yeah. I don't know what it, it, it's changed to me in the recent uh... mm, no I don't think so but it, it looks like it's given plus two march rate to vessels within 12 inches huh okay uh, and real real like charges. The parts of the book that I'm like, I don't give a shit about this thing. Like, I like who who the fuck wants to have vassals? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, exactly. And so then in so in that turn also, I like moved up my thicker beast. I didn't. I I learned the hard way that the infernal engine and the nafta thrower they both do d three wounds at short range. <laughs> so wait, shit. Oh yeah. So that that I learned the hard way with the thicket beast. Like he did like one shot and killed like he was just killing like one thicket beast a turn basically. Yeah. It's yeah. like rerolling to wound and d three wounds, and I, oh, I was just yeah. not saving anything. Yeah, I can imagine. So it was going very badly. Um, he yeah. just charged everything into the dryads, destroyed them. Um, he in the magic phase he cast a cult the occultism d six strength four into the combat with the wizard. Which I wasn't uh, expecting, and did two wounds. <laughs> I was like, okay. "Oh, okay. Well, that's that's not going to go well now." Um, yeah. In the combat phase, the Eagle King didn't do anything to the Kadim Titan, and the Kadim Titan, <laughs> I think, I think, did like five wounds to the Wizard, and I failed like Wait. three three Aegis saves. <laughs> but, okay. but that was because I failed to cast any shamanism spells in my magic phase. Okay. So it was wounding yeah. me on like a two or something, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, I was like, "I can't win this game. Let's call it." <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Oh, that's 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 extremely rough, dude. Yeah. So I killed half a unit of Infernal Warriors and a Vassal Chief Vassal Shaman. Wow, fantastic! Yeah. <laughs> at, at least I was like winning my game until until I failed the discipline test. That's the... Well, I was doing well. No, I didn't. I wasn't doing very well from the start. But the the fail frenzy test didn't help. No, definitely, definitely, and then getting crushed attack as well. Yeah. It's, uh, spit ignominious, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was taking a lot of risks because I felt like I had to, because it was such a bad matchup. I yeah. felt like okay, I just need some dice to help me win this game, and it, I didn't get anything. So. Yeah, it's just how it is sometimes, I guess. Yeah. And and yeah, and I I'm quite happy about it because it means I get maybe an easier game for the last tw- six thousand points bonanza. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm hoping it's gonna like I'm I'm I am even though I'm not like jassing so much about Vermis Worm, I I am kind of looking forward to like really just like blanketing the table with units, you know. Yeah, I think it's gonna be really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I have to. I realized I didn't tell you like some of the fun things which I tried to write into that narrative that happened in the, in the game. And I think one of the funniest things is I I I wrote that the slaves charge a giant, right? So what happened was like he he had like charged some weapon teams that were like moved forward to shoot, and then he like failed to overrun into my slaves. So he was just standing there, and I was like, ah, well, I guess I'll just charge him. And I charged the giant, and he has like this tree which makes him auto hit. So he's doing like I don't know what. Five, seven attacks or something that yeah. auto hit and wound on a two plus. So he gets like seven wounds, and I pick, took, you know, click out the dice on UB, and I rolled them for the the ages save from the bell, and I rolled like five sixes. <laughs> so, so suddenly it's like, oh, I have a charge and three ranks and did like a wound, and then I broke the giant, and he fled four inches, and the slaves were just, yeah, sure, <laughs> just, just killed it. Does the bell only have a six of ages? 
Uh, yeah, well, the bell gives like a blanket six up ages to all units within 12. Ah, okay, so you just got all the sixes on the slaves. Yeah, exactly. We suddenly turned them into like a super combat unit. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like really scared of the slaves the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> so the slaves were the uh, MVP in that game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That was like one of it. Like, I, I also didn't get like tons of points. That that was a, that was a highlight, definitely. And I, I mean, the shooting actually was really good, also. Like the the Gisales are fucking are fantastic, I have to say. Especially when you have an engineer in them and they hit on a three plus. Um, I mean, have you have you had any kind of like uh, revelations with the Vermis Swarm after playing them? Well, I mean, I, I I think I said before. I think if you want to be competitive, I think the way to go is to have just fetus brutes and uh, and dis the disciples like big big blocks of fighty shit and minimize the amount of panic tests you have to take. I would say that's the that's the way forward. Also, the dictator. I thought the dictator wasn't like good because his discipline is low, but. It, just the, the unstable rule is just so powerful for Vermis Warm because you usually you don't lose combat by a lot like like because of the you know having combat rest thing like you usually even if you lose tons of rats you usually only lose by like you know one to five or one to three or something so so usually you're not really taking almost any hit points away from unstable so I would say almost all the the really powerful lists are gonna use dictator okay. The, the only problem you have is that you're susceptible to terror checks. So if you if you remove all the panics by having no small units, then then it's really the problem is 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 the terror. Cool. I think one thing also to note is that the 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 um, ignifier grenadiers, the like the guys with the uh, like fire missiles, I've they, I also thought they weren't that good, but they're actually for especially for the points investment, they're amazing because like you just so what they have is they have throwing weapons that have two shots uh, with. Uh, Strength six, AP two, flaming, as uh, which hit on a five, and they have like volley fire and shit. Not that that matters that much, but what that means is that you put them on a flank, you know, facing off against a monster, and they can of course march ten and shoot eight. So if that monster comes anywhere within eighteen of your uh, of your unified grenadiers, you just like march forward max range, lob all your like grenades at it, and you have a chance of just you know just killing it because can you stand and shoot? Uh, yeah, they can start and shoot. I mean, as long as they're far enough away, of course. That, yeah. that might be an issue. Yeah, because it's only 18 inch range? Uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. Cool, they, so they're, they're, they're going to stay in the list? I think so, yeah. They're, they're quite fun to play with, and they, they sound really well, and it's like... Because um, they they're, like they cost you know nothing. They cost like 130 points for eight of them or something. And it's just such a... It's like a good investment, because... I mean, it, it's it's terrible if you face somebody with lots of you know shooting or pyro or something, but that is still just one hundred thirty points. Like it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Okay. Because like if somebody shoots a fireball at them, they will die. Like they're yeah. flammable. Or if someone them, someone charges them, they're gonna run away. Or yeah, whatever. Exactly. But, but you just like you just you like you don't put them inside of eagle stand or anything. You just like put them far off on a flank, and they can just like some like either they do nothing or they just randomly kill a giant. You know. <laughs> Like, I think they did, like, uh, you know, in one volley, they did, like, four wounds to a giant. I was like, oh, ooh, that's cool. <laughs> cool. So, I think on that note, we will stop there. And we're probably going to come back next week or in a week or two when we know what the next round draw is for the final round. And we'll talk about yep. our next matchup. So, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can give us an email um, at amatimedk@gmail.com. Yeah. 
haven't had any emails. emails for a while. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Yeah, at AmmerTimeDK. You can get me on the forum at Henry P. Miller. And me at Casmer the Sweet. And you can find our sponsor, uh, Weird Farm Miniatures, at weird-farm.dk. Weird-farm-miniatures.